The Chiefs have won consistently. In fact, the most consistent winning team now for 10-plus years. One of the ways they've done that, been able to bounce back from painful losses. The Chiefs lost to the Denver Broncos, but now it's bounce-back time. And they'll do it in Frankfurt, Germany, in one of the biggest games in the entire 2023 NFL calendar. It's the Chiefs against the Dolphins. But how does a player get ready for an international trip or stay healthy throughout the season? We'll explore that as well with a special interview with the folks from Sleep Number. It's all brought to you by Ticketmaster. 28-yard field goal attempt. It's blocked! It's blocked! Picked up by Will Lutz, and he smoked at the 29-yard line. Justin Reed blocks the field goal attempt by the Broncos' Will Lutz. And welcome to this edition of Defending the Kingdom. I'm Mitch Holtis, voice of the Chiefs, along with senior team reporter Matt McMullen. We're headed to Frankfurt, Germany, excited for the game. Aufgeregt für das Spiel, right? And so here we go. Uh, and um, you've been there. You did the advanced trip in the offseason. So you're leading the way for me as I go back to the uh, land of my great-grandfather. So Mitch and I share a suite at training camp. Uh, up in St. Joe. So we have like a common area. We have our own rooms, but then we share a common area. The doors are pretty thin, though, and every single night I'd hear Mitch doing his Duolingo in German, <laughs> getting sorry, ready for sorry this I game. Sorry I kept you up. No, it was hilarious, yeah. just getting ready for this game. It's hard to believe it's finally here. Uh, we're going to talk all about the matchup and everything and how the Chiefs are hopefully going to bounce back here in this game, but we should talk for a moment about how cool this is, that the Chiefs are going to go to Frankfurt, Germany, and play a football game for this football-crazed country. You might not think that Germany loves football, but trust me, they do. I was over there in May as part of an advanced marketing trip, and I hosted a schedule release party is what it was called, but it was basically just like a Chiefs rally, like a Chiefs party in downtown Frankfurt for over 100 German Chiefs fans. And frankly, I wasn't sure what to expect going into it. I just didn't know, are, are there German Chiefs fans? And I was blown away by it, truly blown away. Uh, the passion, the excitement, the energy was awesome. Uh, people know football there, and they know Chiefs football. And I'm so excited for them that for one week, Kansas City is moving to Frankfurt in Germany. We dealt with this a little bit. You can go back and find it archived when Matt was going to Deutschland. We talked about the growing popularity not only of American football uh, in Deutschland, but of the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs right now are number one in merchandise sales among teams uh, in the GMA, in the global marketing uh, activity. Uh, but so this is, this is a big trip for the Chiefs for a lot of reasons, and it's a huge game, right? The Dolphins are outstanding. We'll jump into that in a little bit. But before we do anything, let's talk about bouncing back from the loss to the Denver Broncos. One thing Andy Reid has done, among all of the things he's done great uh, with the Kansas City Chiefs, and by the way, if he wins this game, he will tie Hank Stram for the most wins as a Kansas City Chiefs head coach. But what he's been able to do is bounce back from defeats. I think last year, a 14-3 and season, it took a bounce back in a big way from a loss to the Colts that was somewhat inexplicable. Now, Denver did an awesome job in winning this game. There's a thousand factors in this game, but now to bounce back and try to do it against a powerful Dolphins team will be a challenge, but something the Chiefs have been able to do now for over a decade. The Chiefs have been champions for several years now, right? Whether it be uh, AFC West champions, AFC champions, or Super Bowl champions. They've been the best team in the NFL every single year over the last five years, and they've been in the conversation every year over the last 10 seasons. Why is that? Well, one, they have really good players. B, they have an incredible head coach and Andy Reid. But it's also because of how they respond to moments like this. It's not always going to be 
amazing and great and highlights and we're all partying and it's awesome. Like it's like that a lot here in Kansas city, but every once in a while in the NFL, when you are the hunted, somebody is going to get you. And we felt that vibe in Denver on Sunday, that city and that team wanted that game badly. You could just feel it from the opening kickoff and they got us. That's the reality of it. How did the chiefs respond to it? And time and time again, the chiefs have been so good responding to those moments and not allowing it to define who they are. Uh, Look at the numbers here. They back that up. Patrick Mahomes following a loss in his career is 14 and three, 14 and three after a loss in his career and following a game in which the offense scored fewer than 20 points, which has only happened nine times, by the way, in Patrick Mahomes regular season career. uh, They've gone on to score an average of 31 points the following week. So it happened. It's a reality. It was a bummer. How do the Chiefs use that? to propel them forward that's the question and that's how we'll find out what this team is made of here this season that list is even shorter when Patrick Mahomes has been held without a touchdown with just the three field goals but we're going to jump into some numbers here later in the podcast and look at the Dolphins who have put up some eye-popping numbers but before we do any of that uh, we want to take a trip around the world so let's jump on our satellite and just kind of spin around the world as we head toward Germany this is a pretty fitting segment of the show, right? We're going to Germany. And by the way, how about these shirts? Yeah, like, pretty cool. One of the cool things about the German fans is they realize, wait a minute, our flag is the same color as the Kansas City Chiefs. I'll take that team. Yeah, pretty cool shirts. Obviously, you can get these online uh, in the Chiefs online pro shop. Pretty cool stuff. Getting ready for the Germany game. All right, let's do around the world. I have five for you, as always. Larry is in Jamestown, New York. Uh, The Morgan family is checking in from Good Hope, Missouri. We've heard from them before. Hope all is well. Uh, Also heard from Jack in Madera Rancheros, California. Jack uh, listens every single week. And we also have a listener in Oslo, Norway. And this is a really cool one. So we are disembarking the plane on Sunday, landed back in Kansas City. And I received a note from one of our pilots. It is for both of us. It is written on the back of the takeoff data. So pretty cool. That's a bunch of numbers. I'm not sure what it means, but it looks important. Here's the note. Hey, Matt and Mitch, tough night for all of us, but I must say it's been a real honor to fly you and the Chiefs to Denver and back. Hope to do it again, maybe without the snow. Best wishes, Bill Whiteman, uh, First Officer, United Airlines. He told me he listens to all of our stuff. He's a huge Chiefs fan. Got to be a thrill for him flying the Chiefs to Denver, even though wasn't the result we wanted. Uh, pretty cool, because we have a different pilot every single time. Yeah. So uh, awesome having Bill fly us to Denver and back. Thanks for getting us there safely, uh, and hopefully next time we see you, it's after a win. Props to Bill. I, I don't know if Whiteman Air Force Base is named after him. Uh, probably not, but still uh, sounds kind of fun. The, the top pilots are chosen to fly these NFL charters. So Bill is the best of the best, and you have to earn, I mean, based on your hours, and think about the cargo that you have. Pretty okay? important, yes. And safety is important. This was not an easy trip. We sat on that tarmac in Denver before we left for a long time. That plane had to be de-iced. There had to be every precaution taken because the weather was gnarly. And for someone who's been involved in a plane that had to be ditched, uh, you you appreciate guys like Bill and his crew. So I'm glad you shared that. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. So thank you, Bill and the crew. Um, not going to get a flash to uh, Germany, but maybe one of these days. But well, Hold on. Love w- being a fan. When were you on a plane that had to be ditched? 
we didn't have our landing gear did not go down it was a twin plane i was by myself and a pilot i'm glad that he was a desert storm veteran but we're in a twin uh and we tried to do g's to get the landing gear to pop back into place and it didn't so <laughs> he asked if i wanted to call my wife i said no she'll what? just worry oh yeah oh yeah this is the pilot and so we ditched a plane and it was uh yeah. So, how old were you? I was. Uh, let's see. I was thirty-nine. I would have been in my four, five, third year of doing the Chiefs. So my thirtieth year, right? Does so, anyone else know this? This is insane. No, it'll be for the book. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we had to. Glad just, you're okay. <laughs> yeah, he just said make sure that we're going to cut as much speed as we can. Didn't want to stall because if you stall, you're going to lose, you know, whatever control you've got. Now we had to cut the engines eventually. And he just said, get your head below the window because the props could hit and the props could come through the window. You're like Tom Hanks and Castaway. It was Tom Hanks and Castaway. <laughs> a little bit of that feeling. It was weird. Okay, but wow. We'll yeah, talk about you football now, right? So, so Bill, <laughs> when Bill says that, I take that. Thank you, Bill, yeah. very much. Um, and hopefully you won't have to be in a plane that gets ditched sometime. If you're ditching like a 777, that's a whole other matter, uh, which we take some of the top planes that are available. But the pilots have to be creme de la creme. So this cat is a, is a good dude. All right. We're going to start this podcast, though. Uh, and you had a chance uh, to speak with a, mem- a member of Sleep Number, which their stuff is really awesome. Uh, I don't know. Have you used the pillow you got if the, from the Super Bowl from them? No, I haven't. Oh, I'm telling you, really good, really good. Uh, so I'll give some props to Sleep Number here. But it was interesting. When we had Tony Gonzalez on, remember, he was here uh, to do the Thursday night football game. And Tony played for 17 years in the National Football League and played tight end. Think about Kels kind of powering through every week. But it was interesting when we we talked to Tony about how his diet and how did he make it. And he, he worked so hard to stay. But he said something that just kind of stood out to me. He said, sleep, consistent sleep, is the most important thing for overall health. And that resonated with me thinking sleep and good sleep. You think about REM sleeping, right? And you and I work a ton of hours um, during the season. And sometimes sleep is at a premium. And the, the German trip will be uh, certainly that. But to find consistent sleep and good sleep is where we start with this podcast. Because for players and all the demands that they have, and the demands of playing the National Football League we take for granted. These are Olympic-level athletes of all shapes and sizes that are going at each other. In All these games are tightly contested. But to be able to rest when you have the opportunity to rest could be the difference of winning a Super Bowl or not. Yeah, and you and I are probably not the best people to follow in terms of role models of getting enough sleep, but for the players... When I'm texting you at, like, midnight... And I'm awake, and then we <laughs> chat... I, go, I bet he's morning. not awake. I, sh- I shouldn't oh, do no, it. I'm definitely awake. Sin. Especially during the season. But for the players, think of all the stuff that they have to cram into their day. They have to be ready for the upcoming opponent. They have to take care of their bodies. And part of that is getting enough rest. And that can be difficult. You want to go home and spend time with your family, or if you have young kids, that can be hard. But these guys, they have to find time to get enough sleep. And this week, it's particularly paramount because we are flying to Frankfurt on Thursday night, and we wake up, we land in Germany. We're there, and it's the morning. 
and they have to go to practice. So they have to be ready for that. They have to handle that. And for more on how they're going to do it, I caught up with Dr. Mark Aloya from Sleep Number and also our very own Tiffany Morton, one of our athletic training uh, staff members, on how they're going to help get the Chiefs ready to go to Germany. All right, we're joined now by two very special guests. First of all, it's Dr. Mark Aloya uh, from Sleep Number. He is Sleep Number's head of sleep and behavioral sciences. And then, of course, our very own Tiffany Morton is here. Uh, she is our assistant athletic trainer, part of the best athletic training staff in the National Football League. And this is going to be a very interesting conversation because the Chiefs are playing the Miami Dolphins on Sunday. It's technically a home game, but we're playing it in Frankfurt, Germany, over 5,000 miles away. We were leaving on Thursday night, arriving on Friday morning, and then the guys have to go practice and get ready for a football game. And these two are experts on this subject, on getting these guys ready uh, for the game on Sunday. Uh, so, Dr. Aloya, I'll start with you. Uh, just tell me a little bit about your role at Sleep Number and what you do. Sure, sure. So I'm a clinical psychologist. As you said, I'm head of sleep science at Sleep Number. So that just means that I oversee all of our scientific work and many of our partnerships that involve science. So that could be internal studies. It could be studies with academic partners like the Mayo Clinic. Um, and it, it's also our partnerships like the American Cancer uh, Society and the NFL. And with the, within the NFL, we work with the Trainers Association. We work with the dietitians. We work with individual teams and individual players. As you know, about 80% of NFL players are on sleep number beds. And we utilize those data to help us understand better how they can recover and from traveling across time zones and how they could perform their best. And I'm kind of the one who gives talks to these folks and, and helps them out. We're lucky to have you on board because this is kind of a unique situation. It's a six-hour time difference. And actually on game day, it'll be a seven-hour time difference because of daylight savings time. Ends up changing things a little bit. Kind of ironic, already losing enough time. Now we'll add one more hour to that. Uh, Tiff, I want to ask you about this too because I think when we think athletic training staff, we think a lot about injuries. And that's obviously a huge part of what you do. But getting the guys ready for this kind of unusual situation, making sure their sleep is taken care of is a big deal for you guys too, right? Absolutely, absolutely. So athletic training is all-encompassing. We obviously take care of them on the field. Um, I think that's where we are most noted uh, as running onto the field. Um, and then their rehab, absolutely, on the back end of injuries. But we do a lot of preventative care or recovery as well. And so that's where having these partnerships and, and relationships with Sleep Number and similar groups is instrumental with how we take care of our guys. We're kind of the, um, I guess you could say, the connection and um, a quick point of contact for these guys so that we can provide the education for them. Um, and there's a lot of conversations that we have with our partners. So Sleep Number and I, we've been chit-chatting since as soon as we found out there, we were headed over to Germany so that we could start providing the information that the guys would need um, leading up into that point. Thankfully, everybody's pretty familiar with Sleep Number. <laughs> We've had some great conversations about sleep and the education and um, the prep and the recovery benefits that sleep has for them. Now, you were with the Chiefs back when we went to London in 2015, I believe. Tell me about that experience and what you kind of learned from that that you can now apply to this one going to Germany. Um, you know, so guys get stuck in their ways. And so we have to do our best in order to um, teach them how to connect the dots of this is how you do it in America versus, all right, well, this is what's going to happen in overseas. And part of that is obviously the time changes and getting acclimated that way and with their sleep. Um, and other things are just getting used to different items that they're not 
necessarily used to. So peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, I think, were a big one back <laughs> in the day, whereas London, that's not a thing. So <laughs> they, the PDB and J's weren't up to par when we got to London. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dr. Aloya, using your expertise, what has your role been like helping the Chiefs and trying to give your advice on how they can best handle this? Because, again, it is kind of an unusual situation. The game will be taking place at 8.30 in the morning, central time, but it'll be late afternoon in Frankfurt at that point. And these guys are elite athletes. People like me can just drink coffee, and I'll just figure it out. But for elite athletes who need to be at their best, what's some of the things that you've tried to convey over the last several months uh, from your side of things? Yeah, well, you know, I think it's all about circadian rhythms, right? So it's all about your internal body clock. And we're set at a particular body clock that allows us to perform at our best in, you know, our afternoons, essentially. And so when we're translating that to another time zone, we've got to start to shift these players a bit before they get there. And so together with Tiffany, you know, we're working hard to make sure that they have all the right cues. I mean, our bodies respond to cues like mealtimes and um, exercise and light, light is a big one. So we use light to help adjust these guys a little bit before they leave, get them prepped to getting there. And then when they're there, we try to use light to, to um, alter their circadian rhythms to get them to their optimal performance when it's game time. Yeah, that's very interesting. Uh, the routine aspect of all this is also pretty interesting to me. And that's something that I love about Coach Reed is everything is so routine oriented Absolutely. around here. Like it's just a machine and it rolls. Like whenever we go on the road, we know exactly what time we're getting there. It's the same time. Every single city, we land at the same exact time, get to the hotel at the same exact time. So that way the players can focus on football. Everything else is taken care of. Leads to my next question for you, Tiff. What goes into the decision of leaving Thursday night, making sure the guys can keep the routine here as long as possible, but then going to Germany on Thursday and waking up on Friday in Frankfurt? I think you hit the nail on the head there. It's it's about routine. So, yeah, ideally, of course, if we were just um, focusing on one aspect, of course, it would make sense from a sleep, a circadian rhythm um, way to potentially go a little bit earlier. However, because there's so much more going into that, we have to take it from all aspects. So keeping the guys on the same routine with practice and with um, what they, the expectations are already uh, laid out for them are um, is crucial. And that, I think that's lot to do with Coach Reed's success. So same thing leading into this game into Germany. So we'll have our Mondays already look the same. Today's Tuesdays look the same. Wednesday will be the same. And then Thursday, the only differences that you'll get is we have a check-in early in the morning with luggage. The rest of the day pretty much looks the same. They're going to go to meeting times. We'll have practice and then we'll finish up with the day with meetings. And Instead of going home, we're just going to jump onto a plane. <laughs> Go to Europe. So, absolutely. So um, trying to line it up as best we can and trying to take the advice um, of Sleep Number and Dr. Aloya was, you know, you, you got to get those those times shifted as early as you possibly can. And with a short time frame, the best thing for us to do is, all right, well, we're going to put everybody to sleep on the plane. Um, we're going to take some of those cues that they gave us as far as lighting, make sure the lights are down um, so that everybody can get ready for bed. Meal time, same thing. We're, we're ready to eat at night. Um, so they'll get a dinner and then we'll time it up so that breakfast is arriving shortly when we get there, which works out great because it happens to be morning time when we get there. Um, and we're going to encourage the guys to um, 
if they have their their uh, blinds on um, to bring those back down, if they have any eye masks to go ahead and utilize those. If they have a nightly routine that we can help them with um, to keep consistent with on the plane, then we will assist in doing that. I'm a big chamomile drinker, so <laughs> any tea type situation that I can do, that's what I, I typically do. Um, and then we roll right into a Friday practice, which will look exactly like um, what we would do here. It just, it'll be in Germany. <laughs> That's amazing that just roll right into a practice. And I think that gets the guys going right away. Hey, Absolutely. It's, it's Friday. It's not the middle of the night. The routine aspect, again, is important, I think, because Super Bowl week, it's out of our control. We have to go down there a week early. And it is kind of weird because mm -hmm. the guys are completely displaced. There's so much to worry right. about. That's one of those distractions of Super Bowl week. You just can't get around. I do like that the guys will be here for most of the week. It's a normal week, a normal game week. And then you just get on a plane and you go and you use the resources that you have from these two to make sure that they're ready. Uh, Dr. Aloya, you mentioned the circadian rhythm. I want to ask you about that. Can you explain a bit more in detail what that is and why it's important? Sure. So, you know, it's all about, uh, like Tiffany said, routines. And so every cell in our body is managed by a circadian rhythm. So that means that it has a diurnal pattern. That means it's sort of we know when to sleep. We know when to wake. We know how when to perform at our best and when we're sort of a little bit sleepy after a meal, you know. So that is just a normal pattern that we all go through. But we often will have different circadian rhythms. And, and actually, some of the younger players may have a little later rhythm than some of the older players. That's absolutely natural. One of the things that you guys spoke about that Coach Reed does really well is keep people on a, on a routine. And when we look at the data, when uh, NFL players travel across two or more time zones, we find that the ones who recover best are the ones who are on a routine. So the ones who keep to a regular schedule. And most people would think of their circadian rhythm as a normal bedtime, a regular bedtime. What's actually more important is awake time. If you keep a normal wake time, and you might have, have had this experience yourself when you go to bed later or earlier that you just wake up at the same time every day. That's your body clock, right? And we want to sort of work with our body clock to get the best possible sleep we can. And so we're messing up that circadian rhythm when we travel overseas. That's just natural. That's expected. And we don't want to shift these guys all the way to the European time and then have to shift them all the way back. We just try to find a happy medium where they can function really well when they're there. And we use light to do that. One of the reasons we do that is because you might have heard of melatonin, a hormone in your body, a natural hormone that's sleep inducing. If you have melatonin flooding your brain and your eyes are closed and I shine a light on you, melatonin will decrease. So light controls melatonin really nicely, and it's a good way to help these guys get into a new rhythm. That's a really good point about how when you wake up, that's the important thing, not so much when you go to sleep. It reminds me of like my own life. Like I'll go to sleep super late sometimes, but I try to get up at the same time every day. And when I sleep in every once in a while, I feel like I'm actually more tired almost, even though I got more rest. It's weird, but it makes sense based on what you said. Now, we've talked a lot about the flight. What are some best practices for when the guys land in Frankfurt? Once they're there, how do they keep that circadian rhythm correct? And how do they make sure that they're, they're awake, they're alert, and they're getting the most out of that Friday practice? Yeah, so one of the best things you can do is as soon as you get up, get daylight. And really, outside light is the best. Even if it's a cloudy day, getting, getting outside on a cloudy day gets you more light exposure than being inside in a very well-lit room. So we try to encourage these guys to get outside, no sunglasses, you know, get outside under, under the sunshine, even if it's behind a cloud. And that helps decrease that melatonin, gets you ready for the day. 
they can have caffeine in the morning. They get their exercise that gets you activated as well. When I would travel overseas, I often will get there and get out and, and go for a run. You know, that's my approach because I want to get activated and get uh, into my daytime as best as possible. Now, if you then when they go to sleep, when they go to go to sleep, they might struggle to go to sleep and that's fine, but they still have to get up at the same uh, time every morning so that they can sort of start to make that change. And pretty soon they're going to start going to sleep earlier. I mean, to be honest, we're probably asking them to go to sleep sometime around 7 p.m., you know, their time when they get on the flight. And that's going to be hard. We understand that. But once they're there, they can start to shift that clock. At least we're not flying to like Beijing or something, right? right. I suppose it, it could be a lot worse than what we're going to have here, which is a, a six or seven hour time difference. Uh, Tiff, now I want to ask you about the logistical infrastructure we have here. I think it's something that fans maybe don't know a whole lot about, but we're so fortunate to have it. And Dr. Aloya is part of that. Just how important is the infrastructure that we have to make all of this so seamless, where guys like Patrick and Travis and all the players and the coaches, they can just worry about the game and everything else happens around them to get them ready for it. Absolutely. So uh, in, in this case, the infrastructure is going to be your people and the connections and the relationships that we have. So we have multiple departments and multiple people behind the scenes um, of the players and the staff and the coaches that are able to set these relationships up so that we can have um, conversations with sleep number and get that information. But then more importantly, then we're able to have conversations with the people who would be able to support us with that. So our airlines, for instance, we've already had conversations there to say, hey, at what time are we going to have lights out? At what time are we going to start dimming them? And then what time are we going to start bringing the lights back up? Um, same thing when we arrived there with the hotel and our operations crew, Mitch um, Reynolds and his peeps, uh, they've already been instructed to make sure that the curtains are up so that we can get that natural light in as much as possible. We've already had team meetings where we've said, guys, you, you can't go to sleep. We've got to be able to speak in front of those guys and give them those hints and tips um, and say the worst thing for you right now is to try to take a quick little nap. That's not going to work. So being very front forward with all the education from all the staff members is crucial in that aspect. And then again, kind of following Coach Reed's lead where a Friday practice is kind of quicker on the meeting side of things and getting right into that exercise, right into um, the, the practice. And Coach has already said, yeah, that one's going to be tough, but that one's going to be the most important one to get us back on track. So um, having a supportive group, everybody on the same page, everybody saying the same message, I think really allows these guys to prepare to the best of their ability to focus in on being in their routine and not worried about how to change the routine. We will do the change for them. They just have to follow our lead, so to speak. Well, this is where NFL teams are not equal. And I'll close with this. I really appreciate uh, the time that both of you have given us here today. We are so lucky to have the infrastructure that we have here in Kansas City. And the 2015 game that we talked about earlier is a great example of that. Look back at that season. The Chiefs started out 1-5. and five. Well, that Lions victory in London was part of a 11-game winning streak that led to the first playoff victory for Kansas City in a very long time. They don't get that win if they don't have the right people on board, uh, making sure they get enough sleep, that they're ready for game day. And yeah, tough loss for the Chiefs last week, but we have the people in place to get our guys ready for hopefully a big bounce back on Sunday against uh, the Dolphins in Frankfurt. All right, really interesting stuff there. It's one of those things we kind of take for granted. We're like, okay, we're just going to go play a football game there. We'll just drink a bunch of coffee, right? And for you and me, maybe that will work. But for elite athletes, they have to go perform, and they have to play one of the better teams in the NFL and the Dolphins and to try and get a win. you got to be your absolute best. And we're so fortunate here at the Chiefs to have the logistical infrastructure yeah. and the experts who can help get the guys ready. 
And I'm a huge Tiffany Morton fan. Huge. I've oh, got yeah. a rookie card. I'm trying to get her to sign it. She, <laughs> she is uh, a cutting edge. And our athletic training folks are remarkable. And she, uh, she's really turned in now to a leader in the industry, which it's been great to see. Julie Freimeyer is another one. But for a female to have the responsibility that she has, and I only say that not to, you know, to, but for her to take and, and put a female athletic trainer now in this point of responsibility is really groundbreaking here. And so when Tiffany talks and says something, you pay attention. So I love the fact that you did that interview. But how many times have people said, hey, well, didn't you sleep on the plane? Okay, here's a question for all of you kingdom defenders. How many of your bedrooms are in the, oh, the motif of an airplane? And uh, airplane fuselage <laughs> and your bed. Oh, no, your bed's a plane seat. I got it. Hey, didn't you sleep on the plane? Oh, slept like a baby on the plane. Come on, people. Yes, we're in the sky, right? We're flying uh, to Germany in an eight-and-a-half-hour period. But still, to sleep on the plane is a bit of an art form, but it's going to be necessary the way the Chiefs are doing this trip. Yeah, I remember after our Chargers game in primetime last year, <laughs> It was so late, and we're getting back late. We're going to land at like 4 or 5 in the morning, right? And then, you know, some people can take that Monday off, but we can't take the Monday off. There's still the same amount of work we have to get done. So I'm going to go home, get a couple hours of sleep, maybe, and then come back to work. I really admire Josh Klingler on the on the radio, of course. He does Fesco in the morning, but he's also your sideline reporter for the radio broadcast. He sometimes will land and go straight to Odyssey and just do his morning show. Yep. I don't know how he does it. I remember, though, after that Chargers game, I was trying so hard to fall asleep, and we have like little TV monitors in front of us where you can watch movies and stuff. Well, there was this option where you can play just like deep space sounds, just put my headphones and try to like relax and go to sleep, but I'm so wired from the game <laughs> and I just can't fall asleep and whatever for us. It doesn't matter as much. Like I said, we'll drink some coffee for the players. It's very, very important that the athletic training staff gets them ready for this game, not just physically in terms of injuries and injury recovery, but also just being a hundred percent there being rested. It's not easy. And we're lucky that we have the very best in the NFL getting our guys ready. I remember going to London in 2015, and, and it was last year that the late Len Dawson did road games. And it was such a blessing for me to work a quarter century, basically, with my boyhood hero. But I remember telling Len, okay, because we were on the same kind of um, itinerary, you have to put yourself, when you get on the plane, you've got to put yourself, in this instance, it was London time. For us, it'll be Frankfurt time. You've got to mentally, like, figure that out. Like, it's 1 in the morning. Yeah. And you're, not, you're thinking it's 7 o'clock at night. So I go, I got Len a blindfold, like you're supposed to wear if you travel internationally and like your dad does, I'm sure, all the time. Uh -huh. uh, you know, you get him a little melatonin. You're like, okay, man, you've got to sleep like it's, it's the middle of the night. Okay. So I'm trying to sleep like it's the middle of the night. It's not working. I'm listening to the, you know, <laughs> yeah. the soft sounds. I mean, I, I fall asleep, and I think for a while, I wonder how Lynn's doing. So I peek up under my blindfold. He's watching movies, having food. <laughs> I go, this isn't good. He had his days and nights mixed up that whole trip. Oh, no. Oh, no. It was, and I love him, love him, love him. But it was like, it was the middle of the night, and, and he was up, you know, and it's, he's, anyway. You can, uh, to travel and to do these games internationally are a little bit tougher than people think. I know it's a first world problem uh, <laughs> for you and me when we get off these games at five in the morning uh, and then you have to go basically right into work because I've done the same thing Kling has done. 
And then you got the Kingdom show that night. Those those uh-huh. Kingdom shows are the longest of my life, like six twenty six. And so, and then you're driving home like bopping and weaving. Okay, that's what we got. But get proper sleep, proper rest, even if it's a consistent time, is for any age, any age. Um, I don't know how Coach does it. He's he's an alien, um, but. For the rest of us who are not an alien superhuman like Coach Reed, a consistent rest of seven, eight hours a night, I think, has been proven scientifically. It has a lot to do with overall wellness. Now, we'll just close this way on doing a quick crop dust of this game. Uh, and if you can find Kingdom Conversations, we'll dive into uh, this a little bit more on that. You can find it uh, when you travel around uh, with our, on your Chiefs app. But this Miami game to me is interesting because the fact that this is arguably the biggest game so far in the NFL calendar, and it's happening in Frankfurt, Germany. Get ready for more of that, folks. That's another thesis I'm doing during the bye week, is that we are very, sooner than later, every team will play an international game every year. You're going to open up Brazil. You're going to open up Australia. We'll do a podcast in the offseason about it. But what does that mean? You're going to get huge games that are going to happen outside of the continental uh, United States. Just get ready for it. More of these kind of games will happen in locale that's in a so-called neutral site. That being said, to me, Matt, and I'm curious to your thought on this, this is the second straight opponent where there's a larger long-form narrative as a motivation for our opponent. Last week, it was the Denver Broncos, sick of losing to the Chiefs 16 straight times. They were going to pour everything they had into that game. They did, and they won. Credit to them. Here's Miami. They have won 12 straight games against teams that have had a losing record when they played them. It is almost like there's a caveat with the Dolphins. They're so powerful, their stats are crazy, but yet they're going, who have they beaten? This game is an enormous game for this whole Dolphin team because they can say, we beat the Chiefs. When you were talking about how one day every team is going to play an international game every single season, it reminded me that we had a YouTube commenter from New Zealand that chimed in and wants the Chiefs to go down to New Zealand and play a game. As someone who has seen the Lord of the Rings trilogy approximately (laughs) one billion times, I would love to do that. So maybe one of these days we'll play in New Zealand. But, yeah, you're totally right. If you look at this Miami team, they're 6-2 and on the year. They have the same record as the Chiefs right now. Now the Chiefs have the one seed in the AFC through eight weeks. That's great news. That's where you want to be right now at this point in the season. But the Dolphins are right there. Now, if you look at the teams the Dolphins have beat, they are 6-0 and against teams with losing records this season. To their credit, you're supposed to win those games, and they have throttled those opponents. Their average margin of victory this year is 18 points. But in their two losses, those being Buffalo and Philadelphia, the two teams they've played this season with a winning record, they lost both of those games by double digits, and they did not score more than 20 points in either game. So this Dolphins squad is trying to really announce themselves as a contender in the AFC. And let's be honest, if they beat the Chiefs here in this game, they will accomplish that. They will say, we are here. For the Chiefs, the mandate is get back on track and who better to get back on track against than a contender a really good team in Miami who's trying to challenge you and like we talked about earlier in the show the Chiefs time and time again whenever they have faced situations like this they're up for that challenge it will be a challenge though this Miami squad is pretty loaded and think about it long form for the Dolphins because people talk about the Bills and the Bengals and the Chiefs and the Ravens and the Dolphins were smothered for two decades by the Patriots run and 
They have a great history. Think about the 72 Dolphins having champagne every year because they're the last undefeated team. And you can look at great players, but they're, it's been a while since they have been at this point. And now what, that's why this game, don't want to overthink it, but this game is important to the Miami Dolphins. Now, just a couple quick points as we close. One, quick strike drives. It's a, they have 73 points on drives of four snaps or less. The next closest team is San Francisco with 35, meaning these guys can strike uh, like a bolt of lightning. The big plays, that's their bread Oof. and butter. I mean, you laid it out. Uh, they have 11 scoring drives this year that consisted of four or fewer plays, by far the most of any team in the NFL. Their average length of their scoring drives is only 7.21 plays, third fewest in the NFL, and they have the most plays of 20 or more yards in the NFL. They're also very balanced, so they have big plays coming from the passing game and the running game. They have the most rushing yards and the most passing yards of any team in the NFL. A lot of that, though, comes from those big plays. And I talked about it on Kingdom Conversations. This reminds me a lot of the Chiefs in 2021. 2018, 19, 20, they were a big play offense. And then finally, defenses caught up a bit and said, you're not going to beat us over the top. You have to uh, go down the field methodically. We're going to keep everything in front of us. In my mind, this Dolphins offense is a lot like those early Chiefs offenses where they want the big play. They want to hit that over uh, the top every single time. And the Chiefs cannot allow Miami to do that. Now, look at the two losses for the Dolphins this year against Buffalo and against Philly. They were not allowed to play the game on their terms in those games because what Miami wants to do, they want to get a lead on you, they want to ambush you, and then they want to run the football and wear you down. They've done that time and time again this year. For Buffalo and for Philadelphia, they kept the pressure on Miami, and eventually Miami made mistakes. And that's what the Chiefs have to do in this game. Keep the pressure on the Dolphins offensively. Do not let the game be played on their terms. And you cannot, the biggest thing, you cannot let Miami hit you with big plays consistently because that's how they beat teams. And we'll see an old friend in Tyreek Hill. He's on a record-setting pace. There's never been a 2,000-yard receiver in the history of the National Football League, although Calvin Johnson was close. He's on pace to shatter that. But to me, the point you bring up is really interesting. Because what people do not think about with the Dolphins is the fact that they get not only chunk runs, they get dynamic touchdown runs. They have four rushes of 50 yards or more. There's only been 14 of those in the entire National Football League thus far in the first eight weeks of the season. They have four of them, meaning you can forget Jet Chip Wasp. They will run the ball for 75 yards and a touchdown. Raheem Mostert is a stud. Now, the Chiefs are catching it break here not having to play Devon Achan who's dynamic uh, as a runner but this is a Dolphin team you can't necessarily put seven and eight in the box to try to slow them down on the run because you've got to deal with the Waddles and Tyreek Hills but you cannot let these home run running plays happen to beat these guys. You know, when I was flying to the Combine way back in February or March whatever it was we had to fly through Dallas and Devin Achan was on our plane he was just flying to the combine, and I was—I I knew a little bit about him, and now to think what he is in the league is pretty amazing. Really good player. You're right. The Chiefs are. Were you tested? Were you him. tempted to tamper and go? <laughs> don't you really want to be a chief? I stayed far but away from refuse that. Refuse your draft position until we. I stayed. Oh my gosh, I stayed in my electric. seat. But yeah, yeah, he's he's a good player. Really fast. 
uh, like you said, we're fortunate we're missing him. Raheem Mostert, though, very good player, mm -hmm. averaging 5.36 yards per carry this year, 10 rushing touchdowns already. But again, I always try to find narratives and the losses for teams like Miami. And if you look at those two losses against Buffalo and against Philadelphia, he had less than 50 rushing yards in both of those. Again, the game was not played on their terms. One more thing with this Miami offense, though, is how quickly Tua Tungavailoa gets rid of the football. Really interesting. We had a similar conversation earlier this season about Trevor Lawrence because he also loves to get rid of the football very quickly. Tua's average time to throw this year is 2.28 seconds, by far the fastest of any quarterback in the NFL. 62% of his passes this year have taken place in less than 2.5 seconds, and according to Pro Football Focus and their grading system, he is the best quarterback in the NFL when he gets rid of the football quickly. So for the Chiefs, it's going to be difficult to get pressure on him because simply it's physics. The ball is already out of his hand, right? But when he is pressured this year, he's completing less than 40% of his passes. So try to cover that first read. Get your hands up. The Chiefs have been great about that this year, batting passes down mm -hmm. at the line of scrimmage. And if that first read is denied, all of a sudden Tua is not as effective when he is pressured. So hopefully uh, that's the key for the Chiefs here defensively against this high-powered offensive attack. We'll do a whole other episode on this, but it's also the sun comes up in the West with him because you're playing a left-handed quarterback, and everything gets turned around when you play a left-handed quarterback. But we'll close. Uh, Tua Tungavailoa right now, is his blitz passer rating, and because of that quick release, is ridiculous. It's like in the 148 range. He's the highest-rated passer right now in the National Football League. Yep, Tua Tungavailoa. So here we go. We're headed to Deutschland, and the Chiefs taking on the Miami Dolphins, trying to rebound and also get a little sleep. <laughs> 